You're listening to Getting Started with NFTs, super powered by NFT365, a curated collection of episodes specifically for the NFT newbie, talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and... What the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. Getting Started with NFTs is super powered by the ADHD coin on Rally.io. Here's your podcast episode and your host, Brian Fenzo. What's up, friends? Welcome back to another episode of NFT365. And you guys are in for a treat today. We are going to really cover one of the topics that has been heavily discussed in my Discord here for the, the project. And those interested, uh, discord.gg slash ADHD coin. Uh, you can jump into the Discord. But a lot of the discussion has been around, okay, Brian, you've inspired me to be interested into uh, NFTs, but like, I want to get my like .eth address and like how do I do that and 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 can you talk about the wallets again and and what's the difference between buying an NFT on the website versus buying it on secondary and and why do you talk about like this art reveal thing and like do you not know what you're actually purchasing when you're purchasing it like how does that work so we're going to cover all of that uh, on today's uh, episode so I really appreciate everybody tuning in uh, and I will tell you a little teaser. Tomorrow's episode is an amazing interview. Well, I say it's amazing. I haven't actually done it yet, but that's what I'm doing next uh, with the team over at Crypto Chicks, uh, one of my favorite projects and actually one of the projects that is uh, you know, one of the fastest growing projects over the last couple of weeks. Uh, I'm very blessed. I actually have uh, one of the 101 most rare uh, NFTs for the Crypto Chicks project and really excited to have uh, them on the show. Uh, we'll be recording it on Twitter Spaces as always, but it'll be uh, episode uh, 78 for you guys tomorrow. So with that, let's jump in uh, to the discussion. And first off, for those that are listening on the po- podcast audio, uh, we are working on it with, a, we have a media team now, shout out to uh, Mile62 Media. Uh, they are taking the video content and making it look good and putting it up on our YouTube channel um, as well. So you guys will have, you know, any of the ones that are very educational and evergreen, which I'm trying to make a lot of these episodes, uh, both educational and evergreen, uh, you guys will have that up there uh, on the YouTube channel uh, to check out. It'll be, a, it's an own entire playlist uh it's just youtube.com slash isocialfans uh which you know is my company and brand uh but yeah you guys can check that out uh it will take a couple days to get it up there and we'll make sure to have all of the the notes and links to any of the tools that we talk about um over on our website as well so i don't have to worry about taking notes for those that are listening um in the audio side so first off i said ens domain uh, and, you know, I worked in the U.S. government for nine years, and I always called the U.S. government was the king of acronyms because, like, you worked for the DOD, and I supported DHS, but I worked with DISA to help with DHS, which was D- Department of, uh, you know, Homeland Security. And I always laughed because I had to, like, I had to take, like, a, a, a cheat list of all of the different uh, acronyms that I had to deal with there when I worked in the government. And in the NFT space, there's very similar. I, it's very easy to get confused and some of the uh, of the narrative. So I work hard on this podcast to hopefully kind of, you know, anytime I'm using an, an acronym uh, to clarify it. But if I, if I miss one, if there's one that you're like, Brian, you keep using this, but like, 
what does that mean? Just shoot me you know, message over on, on Twitter or on Instagram, um, and I'll be happily make sure that I, you know, I'll answer it for you, but then I'll also make sure that I include it uh, in future episodes. And so the ENS domain is really just your, your .eth. And if you look you know, on the video, for those that are watching on the video side, you know, it's actually what I have as my Twitter username. It's fanzo.eth. Funny enough, to get this, you have to go to ens.domains. So there's like another uh, you know, acronym. But it's kind of like a website uh, redirect in the way, but it's a wallet redirect. So rather than me giving someone my very long hash, which is my public wallet ID, I'm actually just, you can just send... You can send ETH, you can send NFTs. I mean, feel free to send me all the Bitcoin or all the ETH that you want uh, at fanzo.eth. Uh, but it's, it is something that's nice to kind of have. And so for a lot of people that, that finally see the light, they're like, Brian, you know what? I was just going to go secure my, uh, my, my ENS domain. And when I went on the website, you know, ens.domains, um, and I, I went to search for it, it popped up and asked for my wallet. But I don't have my wallet yet because like, don't I get my ETH before my wallet? So here's the clarification. You must have a wallet first because ENS is actually bought through crypto, much like an NFT would be bought. So you actually have to set up your wallet first before you're going to actually get that ENS domain. I think that was a lot of the, the confusion I know that I had uh, heard. So, you know, one of the, you know, without question, the, the wallet that I recommend, um, you know, and I have no skin in the game, but I really like MetaMask. And MetaMask has a browser plugin that you can plug into uh, Google Chrome, or they have the mobile device, so you can uh, do it on mobile. Remember, these are decentralized uh, products, so you will not see the activity history of if you make. A, if, like, I do a lot of buys on my on my phone and in, in my different wallets, and if I'm doing one on my on my phone, the activity history will not actually be saved. It won't be saved on the actual. Uh, browser one because remember it's decentralized that's part of like the security and the beauty but it's also one of those limitations that we just have to uh take into account and remember you know as we play and so metamask is my preferred and i will tell you i've i've been testing out um a couple of these other um you know uh, wallets that are out there and yes there's coinbase and yes there's a rainbow wallet um you know rainbow has a, a mobile device but i can honestly say uh from my ease of use you know, if if you're like an Android user, you might want to pick a different wallet because Android users like to make things difficult on them rather than just buying an iPhone that makes everything easy. Oh, okay, I know. But don't hate, don't hate. My, I mean, my company's name is iSocialFans. I mean, the letter I stands, you know, it's iPhone, iPad, iSocialFans. You see what I did there? You know, I'm a marketer, you know, deep down. But, you know, there are, you, know, the, you have the Coinbase wallet. Uh, and one of the things I wanted to clarify, this can be really confusing. This cost, you know, cost me a lot of money because I didn't understand it. There is a difference between Coinbase.com, Coinbase Pro, and Coinbase Wallet. Those are all not the same things. And I mistakenly thought I was sending uh, crypto to Coinbase Wallet, but I was really sending it to Coinbase.com, and it caused me a lot of difficulty. So just be aware of that. But I mean, I highly recommend uh, MetaMask. I do have a you know a screenshot there because I, I'm a fan of Gemini Wallet uh, for for managing kind of crypto and storage there. But um, to make your life easier, uh, MetaMask is the one to use. And the reason I say that as well is most of the when you're connecting to a website in the NFT space, most of the time it's going to pop up with this window that it says MetaMask, Coinbase Wallet, Wallet Connect, right? Those are usually the three. Now, 
Wallet Connect is actually how you connect your device with your phone. Because I know for somebody, some people are like, Brian, I, I decided to go with Rainbow Wallet, but they only have a mobile device. Oh, mobile device. That, does that mean I can't you know, manage my NFTs on my computer? No, it doesn't. I'm going to explain to you how you do that. But you can just see that MetaMask has such a, uh, a hold on the industry that it's actually usually the one that's outlined and then there's the, the Wallet Connect. And what's neat is Wallet Connect allows you to connect with pretty much any wallet because it pops up with a QR code. So if you if you're you know using a different wallet, uh, the screenshot that I, that I'm going to show in the video here, uh, as you guys can see on the screen, is actually Rainbow Wallet, Rainbow.me. Uh, I do like it, uh, the wallet, because it integrates with uh, iCloud and it has some like um, unique feature set. But I have had a little bit of a, a tough time um, with it working on every website in every scenario, but. If you do, all you do is you point your phone's camera, so you open up your Rainbow Wallet, your Gemini Wallet, whatever wallet that you're using that's not on your computer, and you open up the camera. It'll have like a camera um, app or like a, a QR code scanning button, and you're just going to point that at your screen, and it's going to automatically have a pop-up that comes up that's going to say connect. And so when you connect that, you, don't, you now don't have to do anything more on your phone all of that interaction, it'll automatically kind of authorize that um, on your phone, and then you can do anything you want on your uh, actual desktop. Now, just to be clear, this is another spot that gets a little sticky, is that you know people will often ask, like, Brian, if I bought an NFT, no matter what NFT I bought, if I bought it with MetaMask, does it show up in the, the NFT tab in my MetaMask on my phone? And the, the short answer is no. There are a lot of NFTs that are, will not actually, the, the activity history will show, if you bought it on your phone, it'll show on your phone. Or if you bought it on your desktop, it'll show on your desktop. But there are plenty of NFTs that actually will not show um, in that kind of MetaMask preview in NFTs. And they're kind of working on that to add. That's a, a fairly new feature that's been added in the last couple of months. But if, if it's a, you know, a verified or a more popular um, NFT on the Ethernet, on the Ethereum side, um, you will see that. And just to caveat this, these examples that I'm giving are using Ethereum um, as the, the primary channel. I know I've had a lot of people request for me to do kind of the same thing with Solana or the same thing with uh, Matic. And I'll, I'll kind of explain a little bit at the end of the show what, I, what I'm planning to do on that. But it is kind of neat that you can uh, pick your favorites, right? So here's, a, like, you know, I'll, I'll put a link for those that are listening on audio. But uh, uh, I, you are able to kind of see, you can put your favorite uh, NFTs. So this is a, a snapshot of my, of my wallet with some of my favorite uh, NFTs that I have out there right now. So you guys can uh, see that on the screen. But with that being said, you do have to recognize that, you know, it is nice that you can use your mobile device. And there is an OpenSea mobile app but it's very limited. And when I say very limited, you can't initiate a transaction. Uh, you can't, so you can't buy or sell an NFT using the app. Now, if you use the browser within your MetaMask, you can do all of those things. So inside of MetaMask, for those that, are, that have asked that question as well, like, Brian, like, how do I buy an NFT on my phone when I try on my Safari or on my Chrome on my phone 
it, it wants to connect to my wallet, but there's no way to do so. You actually have to open up your MetaMask wallet, and then you're gonna on the left hand side you're gonna hit the little lines, and then you're gonna hit browse, and then that's actually a browser that is housed within your MetaMask wallet. So when it pops up to connect, it'll actually pop up right there on your phone. You hit connect. It's really easy. I actually do a lot of my um, NFT purchasing from uh, my mobile device. Uh, funny enough, but just remember there are limitations with that. There, there's plenty of times where I recognize that I just need to be on my computer, right? If I'm going to, if I'm going to take something, if I'm going to delist something, which means I'm going to cancel a sale, um, that's best for me to do it on my, on my desktop. Uh, and just, you know, kind of remember some of those, uh, nuances that do exist across the board. Now, you know, for many, they're asking about like the security factor. I will say from everything I've read, uh, I have not done any of the, of the actual, you know, um, you know, true, uh, testing, you know, either any of like the comparison testing with, uh, the MetaMask plugin. But from all the things that I've heard, um, it is very secure as far as a plugin goes. But you are going to want to be aware that when you're interacting with the plugin wallet, you don't want to have a bunch of tabs that are open that might try to access that wallet at the same time. <clears throat> Let me say that again for all of you um, tab junkies. Now, like, I'm a tab person where I usually have, like, eight or nine, um, but I also have four monitors. So I will have four versions of Chrome open with, like, four tabs on each. I know some people that have, like, 85 tabs, and, like, there are so many tabs you can't even see the name of, like, what it is. Uh, And in many cases, you probably have, like, the same program open. Uh, that's probably not a good thing to do if you're initiating a transaction with your MetaMask. Now, if you're just browsing and and connecting, perfectly fine to have uh, multiple tabs open. But remember, if you're going to make a transaction, if your wallet's unlocked and you're going to make a transaction, definite best practices don't have a bunch of tabs open because you do not want something to cross-tab or cross-browser expose yourself or even uh, be able to do more there. But the, the browser plugin is super user-friendly. I've, uh, I'm not usually a huge fan of browser plugins. I think the only ones I like to use are Flipboard. Uh, I mean, Flipboard is my favorite tool that's out there. Uh, flipboard.com slash iSocialFans. You guys can see with that. It's my digital magazine. So anytime I read a blog, I, I put it up there in Flipboard. But I think really, I, other than Flipboard... Um, from a NFT, from a um, tab uh, or Google plugin perspective, that's really one of my only ones that I continually um, use across the board. Like I have the Zoom one up there and maybe the Calendly one as well. But um, just remember that from a standpoint of your wallet. So you can have a phone, a mobile one. You can have one on your desktop. Now, the other part of this that you're going to want to remember is that if you create a wallet on your phone, when you when you download the Google Chrome browser extension, it's going to ask you, do you want to import an existing wallet or do you want to create a new wallet? If you want to make sure that the wallet that you're using on your phone is the same wallet as you're using on your desktop, you're going to want to say import. And then this is when you're going to actually type in the seed phrase that we've told you not to share with anybody, right? Because you're not sharing it with anybody, but if you're adding a new device, which is what you would be doing in this case, that's when you would just type in the seed phrase, it'll verify that you that the, the accounts are the same, and it'll add that wallet to your browser. I've seen a lot of people tell me, Brian, like, I sent my ETH to my, my wallet, but I can't find it um, it's not in my browser tab, and I have MetaMask on both of them. But what you've done is you actually created unique wallets on both. And I've already, you know, like that just means, and it's not, it's okay if you have multiple wallets, right? Like I have, 
I mean, currently I have five MetaMask wallets um, you know, across, you know, kind of the projects and things that I'm working on. Um, you know, but there's only three that I use like on a on a regular basis. But just keep that in mind uh, for those that are kind of thinking about that. So now, now that you heard a little, you got your wallet set up. Now let's go back to that ES, ENS domain conversation, right? So you can go to ens.domains. You're going to type in, you know, what you want for your .eth address. Uh, you know, we got fanzo.eth. We got adhdcoin.eth. I have mint365.eth. Um, I have a couple other ones. Uh, and it's very much like a domain uh, would be. You're going to pick out whatever you want to use individually. Um, don't worry if you are like, wait a second, maybe I can be a, a domain whale, People have already taken pretty much, you know, Chipotle.eth. Uh, whoever has that one should give it to Chipotle. You know, that's my favorite place to eat. Um, shout out to Chipotle if you want to sponsor the podcast. You're more than welcome. Uh, let's make that happen. Um, but so now you're on ENS. Uh, domains. You type in the, the name of the domain that you want, and then it's going to pop up with a couple different pop-ups in your MetaMask. And it's going to say, hey, it's going to cost you this much to kind of initiate the original transaction so that it can actually hook um, the, the ENS domain that you want. And remember, it's an ENS domain, but it's a .eth address. Very confusing. Kind of wish they didn't use those two uh, acronyms together, but I know that can be a little bit confusing. Now, if you want like a .nft address, there's a website called Unstoppable Domains that you would check that out. And I'm going to actually have Sandy Carter, uh, one of my good friends who now um, is over there doing some great things with that company. She's going to come on the podcast and we're going to talk about some of the uh, Web3 domains uh, in an upcoming episode. But from the time being, once you initiate that on your wallet... It's going to pop up and then it's going to ask you a couple questions. Now, here's something you want to remember. If you have multiple wallets, you can only have one redirect per wallet, but you can have multiple of those ENS domains in the same wallet, but only one of them will actually redirect to the wallet. So for example, in my main wallet, fanzo.eth is my redirect. But inside of my wallet, I actually own ADHDcoin.eth. Now, you can't send anything right now to ADHDcoin.eth because it's not attached to another wallet. It's actually just in my, it's actually in my wallet as like an NFT would be because it's a, it's a token just like NFTs are. So remember that because one of the things that I messed up was I wanted my, I wanted to have mint365.eth um, as a separate wallet, right, for, the, for our project. And I actually bought it under my fanzo.eth uh, wallet domain. And then I was like, oh, now I have to change it and send it to my other one. And it ended up costing me about like $200 worth of changes and transactions to make that happen. So definitely just recommend, make sure that if, if it's your first time doing it, you don't even have to worry about this, but just make sure that's something that you're thinking about that the ENS redirect that you want, you're using that wallet. And so you're going to set up that, that actual, um, you're going to set up that initial transaction and then it's going to ask you some information. Like, do you want this to be the redirect? Do you want this to be the main, um, you know, uh, domain or, you know, short URL, if you want to put it that way, uh, for this wallet, it's going to ask you to put in some information. Now, what I recommend, put in that information now. Do not do what I just did, right? And I actually have a screenshot of it um, for you guys to see is that I did not put any, I was like, yeah, I'll get to that later. But unlike if you're buying a domain on like godaddy.com, you can just go up and update your information later. Because this is stored in the blockchain, every time you make a change, it's going to charge you a transaction fee. And for those that don't understand gas and transaction fee 
Go back about four episodes. You guys can listen. I did a whole episode um, on that alone. So you're going to want to put in this information. It's going to auto-populate some of the information based on your wallet. Uh, and then you're going to want to pay for the actual do- uh, the domain. Now, I will tell you, it ranges um, depending on your, how the gas prices are at that moment. I think most of them are between like 150 and $300 for the most part. Um, that's really the range that I've seen. I know they can go, you know, don't hold me to that. Don't come, don't come attack me. But that's just something um, to keep in mind. And so you know, once you actually have the domain, the, you'll actually see that it actually says registrant controller and then it'll tell you kind of some of the other things as far as like the date and then it'll actually ask you you know do you want to manage this name with this wallet and you're going to want to say yes you're going to want to select that so that i can actually send that um you know crypto and nfts uh to that actual ens domain now i will say there are a couple contracts and things that are out there that um that actually don't allow you to, um, you know, do, you know, they don't actually allow you to use the .ens. You actually have to uh, send the person the hash. But for the most part, um, I've found very little times where um, if someone wants to send me something or transfer me an NFT, um, I just tell them transfer it to fanzo.eth, uh, and they do that without a problem. The nice part is like OpenSea and a lot of those tools, they'll actually put the wallet hash underneath. So if you're, making, you're doing a major transaction, uh, Drew and I were doing a major transaction the other day, and uh, Drew was like, let me read out this uh, wallet ID to make sure it's going to write one so you can't ever be uh, too careful. But that's kind of how it's going to work for the ENS domain. It's going to pop up and make sure that you confirm uh, the information that you're updating and changing. And then it's going to finalize your transaction. And now you have your you know, .eth address connected to your wallet that you have. Uh, if you want to test it out, I recommend like going to your exchange and maybe sending like $1 uh, to the .eth address just to make sure that it comes across because uh, you can never be too careful. Now, I will tell you, not every... NFT marketplace, not every crypto uh, or, you know, ex- uh, you know, place requires a wallet. So for you guys that know, you know, this podcast is super powered by the ADHD coin over at rally.io. Uh, rally.io is the, uh, is the side chain. It's an L2 on the side chain that is, that is actually hosting, uh, that is, you know, that, ha- that I have my coin on as well as some of my NFTs. And what's nice about that is, you actually just create a regular account. You know, you type, you create an account with a username and a password and your email address. And it, you actually don't have to have a MetaMask to actually have ADHD coins. So it's kind of like a, I like it because it's a, it's another barrier or another way that people can come in um, to the market without having to have that. But just putting that out there for everyone to kind of know that. And actually what's nice about that is, you know, on Rally, we also have NFTs. And for those that have bought, um, you know, the NFTs to support the show, you would have noticed that those NFTs are on the Rally NFT marketplace, but there's no gas fees associated with that, right? They're because it's the way that the, the, the side chain works. And so you can actually buy it with a credit card. You can buy it with crypto and all you need is a regular account. So, you know, there's kind of like this idea of like you can get overwhelmed by a lot of the things and you just kind of have to keep in mind there's going to be different ways and different you know methods to kind of making all of these things happen. Now, with mine, with the NFTs to support the show, it's going to have you buy ADHD coin and then you use ADHD coin uh, to buy the NFTs. But all of that can kind of happen um, if you guys check that out. I'll put a link in the uh, bio. Now, there are other marketplaces where you can buy NFTs. One of them that I most recently bought uh, a bunch of NFTs on is the NFL's marketplace. Now, 
there's a lot of different marketplaces, and this is where I think it, can, it gets really confusing for the mass population because they'll be like, Brian, I went on NFL or NFL.NFTs.Live. It let me buy an NFT with my credit card. It said that it's a, a, the, the NFTs are hosted on Polygon, but I can't find it in my MetaMask or on my OpenSea. Well, that's because not always, even if you're buying an NFT on the blockchain, not always does that mean it's associated with a, hard, with a uh, hot wallet like MetaMask. And so that is a limitation to me because here's the thing. Like I bought uh, some Pittsburgh Steelers uh, NFTs on the, on the NFL site. And then I, I was looking at the wildcard game and I was like, you know what? I'm going to pick some of the teams that I think might make it to the Super Bowl. And I'm going to buy their wildcard NFTs because I think on Super Bowl Sunday, they'll be worth a lot of money if people go to that marketplace. So I, I you know, just to throw it out there, uh, before the championship weekends, I picked San Francisco, Kansas City, the Cincinnati Bungles, and the Dallas Cowboys. Of course, Dallas Cowboys, is, uh, I got wrong. Dallas Cowboys did not make it, but the other three did. Uh, and so I own those NFTs, which would be cool because they are on Polygon. They're on the, the main net. But the bad part about it is for me to move them over to OpenSea, it takes a lot of work. So why is this a, kind of can be a little bit of a, a negative thing? Well, the only people that are going to actually buy them are people that go to that website and marketplace versus people going to OpenSea or looking at some of the data. And so that to me is a limitation. It's something you want to keep in mind. Um, also, if you are a listener and you like the Dallas Cowboys, the, Cle- the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, or the San Francisco 49ers, uh, hit me up. Maybe I'll be able to sell you one of these uh, NFTs that you can have in your collection. It's the first year they're doing them. Uh, it's why I'm keeping my Pittsburgh Steelers ones. I have a season one for the Steelers, and then I have the wild card one. Even though we lost, it was Big Ben's last game, so I do have those up there on that site. Now, remember with all of this, Let's like real quickly backtrack to the process because this is where I think we can also get a little bit uh, you know, caught up in some of the nuances. Now, the first thing you need is you need an exchange to get your money from your bank or your card uh, into crypto. Now, I recommend Coinbase.com. It's just the one that I personally like the most. You have, I mean, you have a thousand, I think there's like a thousand plus uh, different exchanges that you can use. Um, A lot of like the more crypto people, they can tell you all of the ones that might have a little bit less fees. For me, the functionality, the usability of Coinbase makes it worth like the $2.99 that I get charged uh, to transfer uh, money to a different wallet. So um, I use Coinbase, but here's the process. We're going to walk through the process right now for all those. So now that you kind of understand some of the other pieces, now I, wanna, I want you to picture the process. So you move money from your bank into Coinbase, which is your exchange. So now once your money is in Coinbase, you're going to want to put it into the cryptocurrency that you're going to buy your NFT for, right? So if you're going to buy a Solana NFT, you just simply, you know, you buy Solana and then you're going to transfer your Solana to your Phantom wallet, which is the wallet that I prefer over there on the Solana uh, network. But for this use case, we're going to, we're going to buy um, Ether, right, uh, on the Ethereum blockchain. And then we're going we're gonna to need to send that Ethereum where? Or, or the Ether where? Where are we going to have to send that? Well, remember, we use our MetaMask wallet to purchase the NFTs. So what we're going to do is we're going to end of our exchange. We're going to open up our MetaMask. We're going to copy our wallet address, right? So we're just right where the number is, you just press it on your phone or you press it on the browser. It's going to copy it. 
You're going to open up your Coinbase and you're going to take your, uh, you know, your Ether and you're going to say send and you're going to put in that address. You're going to hit a couple more buttons. You're going to confirm. And now the Ether is going to go from your exchange into your wallet. So now you have it in your wallet and you're like, okay, Brian, this is where I got it. I understand now, Brian, like I got this all done. This is when I go to OpenSea to buy my NFT. There's two options here. Are you going to mint an NFT, which means you're going to be the first one to own it on the blockchain, and it's going to be when the NFT launches, or are you going to buy it on secondary? So if you're going to, the first step is you're going to go, if you're going to buy, you're going to mint the NFT, you're going to go to the website of the project. Most of them are like mint.something. Like for our sponsor of this podcast, it's mint.cex.events. And when you go to mint.cex.events, you'll actually just hit connect wallet and you can actually buy one of the NFTs that gives you that VIP access for life um, on their website. Now, the example I'm using in the video, I could go to fatpandas.com, you know, dot whatever, dot IO probably. And then I hit like mint button and it opens up a tab. And then what it says is it says, how many do you want? And then what the mint price will be. Now, remember, that is not including gas fees. So if you're like, hey, Brian, I have point, I have point three ETH to buy this panda that is point three. But when I click on it, it tells me that it's going to cost me $12,888. Well, here's the reason it does that. You do not have enough money to cover the transaction. Therefore, it's gonna, it, it charges you that drastic amount so you do not hit the button. So just remember, you're going to want to make sure that you have enough ETH in your MetaMask to cover not only the price of the NFT, but the gas transaction as well. My rule of thumb is that I put whatever the price of the NFT is, plus $300. So I always try to have $300 above. So, the, you know, the example of the fat pandas, it's a 0.3, um, which is a, a slightly higher um, NFT mint. And then I'm going to have 0.3 plus $300, which right now, because ETH is so cheap, that's like point, I don't even know, is it point, probably point one five at the moment. Um, so I'm going to have, I'm going to move 0.45 ETH from Coinbase to MetaMask. So then I'm going to click quality, quantity one, and I'll click mint, and now I'm buying it on the website. Now, let's say you want to buy an NFT that has already launched, um, and you want to buy it on um, OpenSea. Well, that's the other case, right? You can go over to OpenSea, and you're going to buy it on what's referred to as the secondary market. Now, this is the place I've got a lot of questions as well, because one of the things I told you was I've actually come up with a, you know, one of the methods that's worked really well for me to make money if I'm flipping was I, I will mint the NFTs. Let's say I'm going to mint three fat pandas or I'm going to use the example that I used, uh, we did for the project, right? So we bought the killer uh, girlfriend um, NFT project um, the, the other day, right? So the killer, um, killer GF uh, project. We're going to take killer GF and we bought it a couple days ago and we bought it for 0.6 ETH. Well, you might see that the, right now the floor price is actually 1.7 ETH, but funny enough, the art has not revealed yet. So this is something we have to kind of, I, wanted to, I don't think I've done a great job of explaining it, and, and I am always happy to re, kind of bring things around. But when, you, when you're buying oftentimes generative art, which is what most of these NFTs are, when you buy them, you know what they're, they're going to look like, but you don't know exactly what you're buying. Now, if you're doing it after the art reveal, on secondary, you're going to know exactly what you're buying. But during these two phases, the mint phase and the pre-art reveal phase, you have no idea what the art is. So one of the things that I found is if an NFT project sells out right away, 
I jump over to OpenSea and I just purchase one of them on the floor. It's random, right? Because I don't know what the art is. I just purchase one of them there. I'm usually going to pay a little bit more than the original mint fee. But what I've learned is between then and when the art reveals, there's often a spike in the, in the actual floor price because people missed the mint and they want a chance to get a random you know, 10,000 lottery ticket to get one of the very best NFTs. So my strategy has actually been, I, if I buy three of them on mint, I will actually hold on to, to one of them and I will sell the other two before the art's revealed. Now, you don't have to do it that way, but it is something to keep in mind because a, a lot of people, I think, were under the impression that every time you buy something on OpenSea, you're going to be aware of what the art is. There's this new kind of thing right now. Um, when I started in NFTs, this wasn't a thing. Whenever, and, I, and I'll explain what the difference was, but that is the case. And so pretty interesting, like right now, for the NFT that we bought for our collection, we bought it for 0.6 ETH. We could sell it today before we even know what our art is for 1.7 ETH. That's a pretty good profit in about four days. Um, and the question you might be asking, like, how do we know when the art's going to be revealed? Well, most of them post that on the website, on their Twitter account, on their Discord, or you're just going to keep checking back, uh, and eventually it's going to be there. You can, you know, they'll refresh the data. But there is also like different scenarios of when you're going to a website, there's a chance you might see other screens. And I want to just clarify this real quick. You might see that there is a, a, a waiting line and they'll say, enter a raffle. You know, one of them for Matrix, right? When, when you wanted to buy the Matrix NFT, which we bought for uh, Mint 365, you went to the website during that a certain time window and then it randomly put you in um, the order and then you had, a wait, you had a waiting list and said, you will have this much longer until it's your turn to purchase. The other thing that we're seeing is that we are seeing something like it's called a mint pass, which what a mint pass is, it's kind of like buying your ticket on the whitelist. Now, you might be asking, Brian, can you what is a whitelist again? A whitelist is like you are pre-authorized to make a to buy this NFT during a certain window. It does not mean that you have to. And it doesn't mean that you are guaranteed to be able to buy the NFT whenever the hell you want. It means that they're either rewarding you with that or they're trying to project how many people are going to buy their NFT by using the whitelist. I believe personally, and it's like a soapbox of mine, that the whitelist mechanics right now is completely broken. I hate the idea that the way that they're currently being worked. And I'm working on a way, some methodologies to fix that. But these are some things that you can do. And so like for the NFT yesterday that we actually purchased, which I will talk about here in a minute, we actually used a mint pass. But you're asking, well, Brian, how do people get on whitelist? Like, how does that work? Well, each project kind of does it a little bit differently. Um, you know, for the full send, uh, you know, uh, NFT project, which was a big project, um, I actually minted one of them. Um, they, they actually did a whitelist application. So it was like a Google form. You put in your name, uh, you put in your uh, Discord username, and you put in your wallet address, and then they picked up people that were randomly selected to get the whitelist. Other projects are doing what I just am not a fan of. And maybe I'm not a fan of it because I think it's a little bit um, engagement baity, if that's a word. <laughs> um, what I mean by that is, they want you to do, like, if you invite 10 friends, if you repost us on Twitter, if you make the Twitter background image our photo, if you sign over your second-born child and you give us two blood samples, we will give you the whitelist. Now, that's not, I'm, I'm exaggerating a little bit. But I understand the reasoning, right? They want the people that are most active in their Discord before launch 
to be rewarded. But the way that we're rewarding it or we're, we're, you know, we're, we're factoring in to me is broken, right? Like one of them that I jumped in the other day, it said, we, once you've actually typed into Discord 5,000 characters, then you will get on the whitelist. So when I jumped in there, every person was welcoming me with the longest welcome in the history of the world. It made the Discord useless, in my opinion. And it felt very gamified and broken. I actually hit leave server. So not calling people out for this because I know it's just kind of the trend, but let's try to find better ways to identify our super fans and the people that are really with us from the jump and add them to that pre-sale list without it having to be so gamified that I have to sell my, my firstborn child. Well, my firstborn child just turned 12 the other day. My thirdborn child turns uh, eight this weekend, uh, and I'm not giving any of them up, uh, although, although it depends on the day of the week. But I say all that because you know, there are all those different things. But the neat part about it is when you, when you don't have to do, when it's actually what they call general launch or public uh, you know, launch, all you do is you go to the website. And one of my favorite projects, I had the team on here, uh, Meta Whips. Uh, you can actually still mint this right now, so they haven't minted out yet. So if you're looking for a, a great brand pro- project that has a great founding team, they're heavily invested, the art is amazing, definitely check out Meta Whips by uh, West Coast Customs. I'm not paid to promote them. Uh, they did give away one Meta Whip uh, to my audience, uh, but I paid for the Meta Whips that I have, and I'm all about full disclosure here on the show. Uh, I will not shill something uh, just because someone uh, is offering me some ETH. But it's actually as easy just going up there and hitting that mint button, and you don't have to overcomplicate it. Now, the thing there is, is there are projects like the project that we bought yesterday that actually gives you the art right away, which to me, I love because it's like opening a pack of baseball cards, right? Like when you buy a pack of baseball cards, you don't put them in your pocket and say, you know what? I'm going to look at those baseball cards in a week. No, like I, I would rip them open in the store, right? I remember my mom yelling at me when we were in like Kmart or we were in uh, like Hills department store in Pittsburgh uh, and we bought cards, I would rip them open. Well, like our project yesterday, um, actually, you know, it was, it's called ETH, ETH.R Brews, which are, are beer cans and it's a craft brew uh, NFT and we bought it for the collection here uh, and I bought a couple myself in my wallet as well. Um, what was neat about it was you bought them on the website and then on the website they had like this beer can explode and then the three NFTs that I bought, they actually showed me their images right there on the website. To me, it was a great experience. I was like, oh, that's a great one. Oh, that's a great one. And then I can actually just hit the button and it says view these on OpenSea and then I'm going to jump over to OpenSea and see that art. Now, depending on the project, some of them wait to reveal the art for three days, some 24 hours. A couple have done it for a week. Others are saying they're not going to show the art until the project sells out, um, which I think is, is a mistake in the long run. But I also know that's a little bit difficult to manage. Just, just know that, the, that a lot of these nuances are, are still kind of a, a work in progress. Now, I will say, you know, I mentioned earlier, you know, you can buy NFTs on secondary markets. Now, that experience is going to be different on every different market. Some of them are easier than others. I mentioned the NFL one. The NFL, you could only buy it with cash or your card. So they didn't allow you to buy it with crypto. So it wasn't as, as confusing as maybe some others are. But depending on the project, it will depend on kind of what that whole variance will look like. Now, as I mentioned before, some projects that you buy on a different marketplace will actually show up in OpenSea. 
But here's the weirdest caveat of all of them. And I hope it's not too confusing with everybody. Thank you guys for hanging with me. I know this is a longer episode. But if you buy, you can buy an NFT with MetaMask that might not show up inside of OpenSea. And I know that can be a little bit frustrating. But there's some nuances there, right? Because it, yes, Ethereum and uh, right now uh, Polygon are the only uh, you know, blockchains that NFTs are showing up. Uh, rumor has it that Solana will soon be able to be um, visible inside of OpenSea, but we haven't heard anything confirmed there. But here's the, here's the thing, and I want to show you a little screenshot of how that works. Like When I bought the ones on the NFL, I actually can check, and it's, they, they're actually hosted on Polygon. So I can go look at the Polygon contract. I can go look at the actual you know, NFT on the blockchain, but it doesn't show up in my actual OpenSea because it wasn't connected to my MetaMask. Now, the difference to this is if you bought a, a Matrix NFT and you bought it on nifties.io uh, or nifties.com, theirs is actually um, on an on a L2 uh, blockchain. Even though you bought it, with, it's attached to your MetaMask as your ID, they actually live in the Nifty's marketplace. So if I want to sell my Matrix NFTs, uh, which we bought one here for the, the Mint 365 project, I actually have to go over to the Nifty's and do it within their marketplace. So that one's a little nuanced because it's on the side chain, but I was able to use my MetaMask to actually um, use it as kind of like the ID or the account um, that I was buying it with. And there are other examples, and one of them was actually it happened uh, recently with V Friends. If you bought Gary's book, um, 12 and a Half, he actually gave you for every 12 books that you bought, you got an NFT, which he calls the Book Games. Now, he used the Book Games on another website, but it was, you know, it was actually fairly easy to use. But it's one that is, is the more confusing example because what happens when you go to this other website, right? You're going to go to, uh, and it's Token, uh, Token Trove. Uh, yeah, Token Trove um, is where it's actually hosted. You're going to connect your MetaMask, just like we talked about earlier. And then you're going to see your NFTs. So like I have one NFT. I have the um, Ambitious at the high lev- uh, highest level, which is a fairly rare one um, in, the, in Gary's collection. And you'll notice when you're over there in Token Trove, they display much like OpenSea would be. You can check them by rarity. You can sell them. You can buy them. But what's interesting about that is because it's on a side chain and Gary's using all of the mechanics in there, you can actually send the NFT to OpenSea but if you do, you can no longer take advantage of the utility that Gary is offering uh, within the, the actual token troves uh, platform. And so that is why, in full circle, those of you that bought a Superfans NFT, and we have, we have about 150 of those left, if anyone is interested, uh, just go over to ADHDcoin.com and then press the Get NFTs button. It'll take you over to the marketplace. Uh, and remember, you just have, it'll have you buy ADHD coin. But what I did was... I actually have your NFT placeholder, which is on Rally. So in the Rally marketplace, you will have an NFT. And then you're going to have a twin NFT that I actually uploaded into OpenSea on Polygon so that you can actually see your NFT on OpenSea for our project, but you also have it in Rally. Um, For those that are listening that haven't got both of them, as long as you have the Rally um, NFT, you're, you're good to go in, the, in this project. Um, we're working on making sure that we have all of them across the two. I wanted people to have it on both. Like I, I was a little bit disappointed when I was like, you know what? 
I, you know, I love using Rally, you know, Rally Marketplace. I have no fees, so I can mint as many as I want, which is, you know, I airdropped a free NFT to the first 1,093 coin holders. But people are like, Brian, I want to show it in OpenSea because that's like what I like to show off my NFTs. So I did a little bit of the extra work. It cost me a little bit more money, um, but I put them up there on uh, OpenSea as well. So hopefully that kind of brought you guys up to speed on like ENS domains, the different wallet nuances, minting an NFT, um, and all of that. And all of that was really from the, the collector side. But I know lots of you are creators. And creators thrive when you're actually connected with other creators. And I mentioned that our you know, sponsor of our podcast for this episode is the CEX Events, which is the Creator uh, Economy Expo. And I will tell you, the, uh, you know, for those who are watching on, on video, you'll actually see a lot of the speakers that are there on the lineup. Uh, my good buddy Jason Keith uh, is one of them that is on uh, the lineup that I didn't mention in previous episodes. Uh, but the, the great lineup of speakers, there's more speakers that are, are yet to come. And you can buy a, a ticket for that individual event. Or one of the things that you can do is you actually can mint one of their limited edition, only 100 available total NFTs that will actually get you in as VIP access for all of their events, not just the one happening in, on May 2nd in Scottsdale, Arizona. And something they added for this episode forward, if you use code NFT365, you're going to get $200 off the purchase of your ticket for a CEX event. And... If you're not sure if you should go, but you want to meet me and hang out, uh, we're going to record a, a live episode of this podcast there in Scottsdale, Arizona, probably more than one. I, I'll probably will record one uh, the day before and the day after. Uh, I do have family uh, out there in Arizona, a lot of friends out there in Arizona, uh, Vincent Orlick and Michael and uh, a couple of my other buddies, uh, Blake. Uh, I'll be hitting you guys up when I come out to Scottsdale. But a uh, great event, really looking forward to uh, hanging out with them. And then the last thing I just want to say is, you know, we up on our website, nft365podcast.com, we now have a, have a really cool landing page. Uh, Kevin on, uh, on my team uh, has been working on this for a while. If you want to see all of the NFTs that I'm buying every day for a year, yes, you heard that right. For one year, I'm buying a mint NFT every single day. There's actually now a landing page on our website. So just go to nft365podcast.com slash mint365 or just go to it in the, uh, in the menu. And you can actually scroll through all 76 that, uh, NFTs that we bought to date. You can, you can click on them. You can see the artwork uh, for each one of them. Uh, you know, I'm doing my best to do you know, four hours at least research on those that we're buying. Some have, have had massive success and many of them, I found them before the, they became a kind of mainstream uh, public. But then there's other ones that, um, let's just say, I'm hoping they uh, are from uh, LL Cool J. Uh, don't call it a comeback. Oh yeah, I'm not gonna rap, but I'm an LL Cool J fan. And LL Cool J said, "Don't go." You know, and Mama said, "Knock you out." Said, "You know, don't call it a comeback." And uh, <laughs> hopefully, uh, some of these uh, NFTs that we bought in the project will uh, make it a, a little bit of a comeback. But that's what I got for you guys today. Thank you for your feedback. Thank you for the questions. Thank you for all those that are leaving a review for the podcast. Greatly appreciate it. I, I it means the world to me. Uh, if you could, if there's a takeaway from this episode. Uh, you know, put it out on Twitter. Just use the hashtag uh, NFT365. You know, if you're going to post about it on your Instagram stories, just tag me or the podcast account. Uh, we do have a podcast account on all of the social channels. So it's just NFT365 podcast. Hey, 
I preach consistency. I'm delivering a daily podcast. I'm buying a daily NFT. I might as well be consistent uh, in the marketing and branding as well. So uh, yeah, definitely give those accounts a follow. Uh, you might actually see some alpha and some special uh, drops if you are following our Instagram and Twitter accounts for the podcast. But um, I was told not to give that away. I think I was actually told not to bring that up until we finalized it, but they should know better. I get too excited. But um, thank you guys so much for tuning in. As I said, uh, I appreciate all of you. Uh, This is a journey. I know this might seem like a lot. I promise you, the more you do it, the better you're going to get. And here's the thing. Lots of people are going to listen to this episode. Lots of people are going to be like, man, I need to go watch that video Brian talked about. And you can do that on the website as well. Other people are going to be like, you know what, I'm going I'm to do this. And they're going to write down the steps. But there's only a few people, only a few people are actually going to take the action, press the damn button, create their account, and get started. Because guess what? Those of you that are doing it are going to be the ones that are going to benefit. Those of you that are just you know, thinking about it and haven't started, you know what you're going to do? You're going to message me in three months, in six months, in a year, and be like, Brian, oh my gosh, I, I just bought this thing and it has an NFT for free and, and I never created that account. I wish I did. And I'm going to say, I, yeah, uh, we all wish you did. And you should do that now. So that's what I hope for, you know, to inspire you guys, to motivate you guys to, to do just that. So um, make it a great day. Thank you for listening tomorrow. to Getting Started with NFTs. If you found this helpful, let us know by leaving a review. Like, subscribe, share, and do all of those good things. We are greater than me. And as always, the show